content warning for discussions of oppression, sexual content, and suicide. Hello and welcome to the Billy Shears Club. I'm Caleb Park. And I'm Kiana Shabazz. Thanks for tuning in. Today we've got two lovely albums for you folks. We've got System of Toxicity by System of a Down and 10,000 Gex by 100 Gex. So Kiana, tell us about these system boys and why are they down? <laughs> they're down because the world is falling apart. Or they're down because the world is falling apart through the systemic efforts of the established powers that be. So, you know, pretty, pretty common, I think. Yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves the burgundy reality that you're living in a pseudo dystopia that will gradually become more crushingly real. But in any case, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the men in system of a down, um, there's four of them. I'll do my best to say their names. So on vocals, you have Serge Te- uh, Tankian. You got Darren Malakian on guitar, Shavo Adagian on bass, and then John Damalian on drums. And they are Armenian um, and started in Southern Los Angeles where they quickly grew a very large, uh, I don't wanna call it cult following because they also achieved massive mainstream success. But in the beginning of their career it was very much word of mouth demo tapes getting passed around. And what's interesting about, and I mentioned them being Armenian and, and being in Southern Los Angeles because uh, the Armenian people um, suffered through the Armenian genocide, you know, and I can't speak too articulately about it, but generally with genocides, you have the systemic destruction of a people by the powers that be, you know, trying to destroy their culture, their identity, their lives, and it creates a diaspora wherein the, that people group has to disperse as far as they can for their own safety. And so it was interesting listening to the album, and we'll get into specifics about songs and themes in a sec, but it was interesting listening to the album and hearing some repeated themes of systemic oppression and the destruction that it does uh, to the human, uh, to an individual. So I feel like that's a very clear through line for what their family would have experienced over the course of their history and just living in Southern LA because police brutality that's that's not a stranger to that particular area, especially in the 80s and 90s when they were first rising to prominence. So it just seems like it was kind of like a perfect situation to create a band that had a very consistent focus on exposing and exploring those dissonances between governmental control and freedom. Um, so yeah, it's just a very, very solid album. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of that political, the elements like you were describing from them coming from army, like their families being Armenian and then also living in LA. It's definitely a highly political album. And it's also a very, very strange album. It it goes (laughs) weird places. It, uh, it is a bit zany, I believe, a little kooky. Uh, uh, it's very good, but yeah, it it's it's one of the tougher ones because I'm just sitting here like, Serge, what are you talking about? Sometimes, like they. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I can see that. I think yeah, there's it's interesting. Um, 
the like lyrical construction of the album is very poetic and poetic in the sense that so like the nature of poetry and i'm sure there's an academic term for this that i don't know or can't recall but you know the nature of poetry like poetry is constructed in such a way where it demands that the reader involve themselves in the breaking down of the poem so as to ascertain the poem's meaning so the reader must partner with the poem and dig into both the poem and the reader themselves in order to arrive at some understanding of what's being said yeah and i think that that very much applies to this album um so just starting to get into some songs i think one of the songs that probably that probably has the most clear poetic construction would probably be i would say i would say Aerials, Ariel, I think. Um, Aerials, Ariel, science, science, uh, tapeworm. You can really apply this to a lot of a lot of the songs, actually. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, as far as on the, yeah, a lot of those. When you say tapeworm, is that the needle song where it's like my tapeworm tells me where to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess my brain auto corrected to tapeworm, but yeah, definitely the song is called yeah. Needles. Yeah, uh, I got you. Yeah, I, I will be honest. Uh, a lot of the ones later on in the track listing, I was so thoroughly lost in what I'm. I'm a little bit of a lazy listener. I was so thoroughly <laughs> lost that I had no idea what was going on by about eight tracks in. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll trust your word on that. Ariel was so straightforward. Well, no, I mean, like, yeah, that's the thing. I think all the songs are straightforward because they're clearly like the political or social issues that are at the core of them is being clearly discussed. Like, you know that it's about some form of political discontent or about or about some effect that living in a society that has a vested interest in maintaining a complacent drug addicted populace. Um, so it's straightforward so in that straightforward sense, in but that also, sense, poetic, also poetic. Also poetic just because of how they go about, they go about describing these or some of the imagery that they'll use. Yeah. As as far as straightforward songs, I think the one that's the most obvious is the intro track, prison song, because that's that's just them kind of shouting the prison industrial system is bad. And they like Rattle off line. So for context for the listener, it's basically this big jamming middle song about how the intersection of like drugs being proliferated in America and the different military interventions around the world and cheap prison labor and how the government is trying to control people in order to have easy labor and dominion over people. And they just literally at points rattle off like the percentage of the American prison system has doubled since 1985. It's like they're just they're just citing their sources. They're just randomly going like, "Here's a piece of our essay," and then Serge is like, "I smoke my crack now, back here in Hollywood." It's it's just it's, it's you get what they're saying. See, I appreciated that though, because I'm like, "Tell them the facts. Tell them the facts. They'll, they'll ignore yeah. it anyway. Tell them. Tell them." Um, yeah. shoot. But yeah, the focusing yeah, in on prison song. I feel like. And I don't know if, like, 
and it'd be hard. I'd have to really get in like Little Me's mind to see if like System of a Down was like the first like ever like punk new metal band I ever heard. Cause like their sound is like one of the sounds I think of when I think of when I punk music. Right. And the themes of the album, like the themes in this song, I think you can kind of see um treated in different places on the album. But again, that's also me like quintessential like punk like like. Abuses of the government, abuses of the class government, issues, class. being anti-war. War. I feel like that's very like much that's very in line with that particular genre. That particular genre. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think it's. And I yeah, think I in think terms of like starting, like starting an album, an I think, album, it, really I think it really does a lot because it gives you like the focused aggression that you're going to hear in a lot of their words. Again, the themes that you'll encounter, those societal issues, the political issues. Uh, but then also that uh, undercurrent also that of, undercurrent, uh, I don't know if I want to call it personal responsibility, responsibility or, just or just being aware being and then accepting whatever you're going to do about it. Right. So I think yeah. it really, yeah, it's a very good like introduction. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a very action oriented album. Like they're they're not gonna. This is not an album to very much mope to because between Serge's very frantic high-speed delivery and the big guitars and the righteous anger and all of it this is very much a we need to take the system to task type album and maybe maybe this is because i'm a caucasian from a decently well-off family but since you were mentioning like the the punk roots and sort of the that kind of thing this was a very weird on the one hand a very out of time and yet weirdly well-timed album because this came out uh, and September 4th, 2001, which mm. was exactly, on the one hand, like, at least for mainstream American audiences, at least from my recollection, it became much easier to ignore a lot of political issues after the L.A. riots. Like, people were just in a much better mood about things, and you didn't, like, you know, people were... Like punk was sort of on a decline, and whereas at least the political side and pop punk was on the rise in like the mid to late '90s, like people were like, you know, you know, things are pretty good. We don't have to worry about things. And then System of Down was like, there are actually lots of things to worry about. And people were like, yeah, it'll be fine. And then 9/11 happened, and a lot of discussions start coming up again, and it's like, oh boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that timing is. I knew it came out in 01, but I didn't know it came out September 4th. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you know, don't shoot the mess. Yeah, don't, nobody take offense. Don't, 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 don't get your feelings hurt, right? But yeah, don't, don't shoot the messenger, I suppose. Not, I don't know that they would have faced backlash. I'd have to do some research to see if they would have faced any, like, retroactive backlash about what they were saying. Um, But yeah, so... Speaking of war, I wonder if yeah. Jet Pilot is about war. Like, I'll be honest. Am I confused about what some of the songs are saying? 100%. 100%. 100%. Do I still like them? Yes. Yeah. What, what, what does, what is wired where the eyes of a horse on it? Okay. So I'm looking, I'm reading the lyrics now, and I was very confused because I heard the choruses. Why were the eyes of a horse on a jet pilot one that smiled when he flew over the bay? And I didn't realize that he was saying wired, as in focused, fixed on. I thought he meant like 
there was some sort of conspiracy picture of a jet pilot with a horse's eyes floating <laughs> around. But now, now I'm looking at the lyrics, but that makes a lot more sense of like contemplating nature and like having a peaceful pastoral existence and you know not being too bothered living the way that you've lived for a pretty while, long while and be happy with that. And then, oh look, there's an instrument of war flying by. Things might go poorly. Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting image. Um, to me, like, yeah, so in my brain, the jet pilot, you know, is potentially representing, like, war or the effects of those negative systems and negative societal changes. And the horse, yes, like, that pastoral, bucolic, like, ideal, mm -hmm. right? Because generally, I think, in, like, popular culture and such, like, horses are viewed as these majestic, strong, like, beautiful creatures, right? So there's a lot of positivity mm -hmm. with horses. And yet this image of, like, peace and, like, prosperity and, like, gentle strength or what have you is, like, fixed on this, on this, like, means of destruction that will inevitably, like, also like destroy the horse like whatever that jet pilot's going to go do is going to end up affecting the horse so it's like are we is is peace looking at destruction right without any way to change it but then it's so focused on it so because there are also um parts in the album where it's like the individual is complicit in their own demise right so it's not always you know pinning it on bigger uh systemic factors like yeah. let's see So like in Needles, right, the tapeworm song, right, the situation is like kind of stemming from some old dying man. So I take that as like the systemic, like the systems in place, right? But when it comes to like individual responsibility, I feel like like, like X and then also Forest, I think, kind of speak to how the individual plays a part in the way things are. Um, Let's see, X was like, I can't remember the melody. All I can uh, tell you is the thoughts that I had. I got a sense that like, it was advocating for, if not grassroots organization, at least like the knowledge that each individual has to fight for change, right? And we have what we need, right? So it was the one about, we don't need to multiply. We don't need to multiply, you know? So I took that as like, the people have everything they need to come together to push for change and yet when you contrast that with forest right you get an adult talking to a child leading them through this forest leading them on this path right but it's a path that is destructive right and so that was interesting to me because i kind of had the thought that like the adult was the child's tapeworm you know so if the tapeworm represents like something that grows and feeds on you right or whatever you give it right and it reaches a point where you can't ignore it right the tapeworm has control over the self and it leads to complacency and things like that so in forest right we have adults leading children on this path of complacency and self-destruction that ultimately will serve to uphold the systems in place, right? So it becomes mm -hmm. generational and it becomes cyclical because the child will become an adult who leads another child through the forest Right. And ultimately that path that path leads to death. Right. So, so that was something um interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely some good points in there. And sort of the weird connections and 
it's a very very abstracted and yet still pretty visceral album like they they may be using all this out there imagery but it's it still hits you like a ton of bricks mm-hmm 100%, 100%. Uh, I did have a, I did have a few notes on the songs we were talking about uh on the jet pilot song I did realize as we were talking that a horse for millennia was also a symbol of war you know like Mm. Four horsemen, cavalry, and like, you know, you used to mm-hmm. use horses for war, but at this point he's a shackled old man, and it's like, there might also be the element of, you know, the technological advance of like, you know, if you've got a horse, you can you can chase someone down, sure, but also you can't do too much that other than chase someone and trample them. Whereas with the jet pilot, you can zoom all over the place, drop bombs, and sort of the technological advancement in that side of war. X, since the, the verses are tell the people that arise and show your people how we died, it might, since you had mentioned the Armenian genocide, it got on my mind, it might be like a protest of like, we'd never want another genocide again and just like a primal rage of like, no more killing off people, no more destruction on this kind. We just need to figure something out we need to have these look at these things that happened and never again that kind of thing mm-hmm. and i can see that i think that does track with like again what's being discussed in the album and yeah that's mm-hmm. an interesting observation about old means of war and new means of war and that's what that's the thing with art it's like it is by nature subjective and yeah. so many things can be happening all at once, you know. So, so if, if if it fits, it, it'll fit. On Forest, why do you think the child doesn't say Serge is the dad? Say it again. On on the on Forest, why do you think the child denies Serge? Hmm. Let me look back at the lyrics. Yeah. So why doesn't the child? Why does the child deny Serge? Ah. I I guess it's because he took him to the forest of denial. Maybe if you took him to the forest of acknowledgement and the forest of familial bonds, you might have a better time with this Serge. Choose your parks wisely. But what's the Serge? I'm trying to scan. That's the guy's name. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, dude. My brain said like S-U-R-G-E. So it's like a surge of... Oh. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah. So the way I figure it is like, it's sort of like thinking like some coming of age stories where the crux of the change is them recognizing that they're not as different as where they came from as they would have liked to have been or like what they thought. So it's like it kind of a it's a bit of ego slash ego death, right? Because it's like so part of the lyrics, why can't you see that you are my child? Why don't you know that you are my mind? It's like the speaker of the song is one who is complicit in the destruction and is perpetuating the destruction. But the child is not. The child is being indoctrinated by this adult into the system. So it's so for me, it stands to reason that the child is resistant 
to being inundated with these influences and like being overcome or succumbing to them. But it ultimately doesn't matter because not only are they a child of the speaker, so they are a descendant, right? An individual, but yet a descendant, but they are the speaker's mind. So whatever individuality or uniqueness that the child possesses or things that would put, that would lead them away from the forest of denial ultimately cannot like withstand the influence or the pressure of the adult in the forest. So that's, that's kind of how I read that. Yeah. Cause now the child's going to have to try to have all these televisions in the air and circumcisions on the chair. That's not where you put your circumcisions. No, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where you put circumcision. I think you put them in the fridge to keep them fresh. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna let that sit. You know, the first episode we had, you started it by saying nut meat. Did I? This is this yes. Oh my This is just full circle. I mean, let the record show. Maybe I coined the term nut meat. You know, annals of history will decide. But I, I didn't I didn't coin circumcisions on the chair. That was that was purely system of a down. Yeah, that was that was in the lyrics, folks. <laughs> yeah, but um, um you know, go ahead. Well, on the opposite, if you don't mind a uh, random switch, on the opposite side of instead of kind of semi genital focused imagery for non sexual things. Or a double entendre song. Yeah. What did you think of that bad song? I, you know, I thought that um, that the repetition I felt was uh, designed to like evoke a feeling of madness. But uh, yeah, it is not the sort of environment or vibe that I would ever really want to. That's say ever really that I would ever want to be a part of. It was just a little chaotic, which I think kind of <laughs> tracks with like. If you're, you know, just filling up on destruction and decadence and like sex and whatnot, it's gonna get a little chaotic. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely one of the sillier and more insistent ones. Like it's a good quarter of the lyrics are the word pogo over and over again. Yep. And that beat is just very hammering and just very very crunchy. It's almost like a I'm, I'm going to say it. It's like a new metal version of a Eurodance song. <laughs> and, and Serge is pulling out all the silly voices for his own backup. And it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a ridiculous time. Yeah, no, it is, it is definitely an amusing song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, I guess, a little similar, like at least vocal delivery-wise, I think, to Shimmy. Yeah, where it's like, I want to shimmy, 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 shimmy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even though the song oh, itself. I want to shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, you know, we're just shimmying all over the place. Um, shimmy, 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 an oppressive or authoritarian or just a, a system of government that is invested in maintaining its status quo, right? A large part of how that's done is through education, right? And in Shimmy, right, they're equating 
the education that you would receive in a formal school setting with indoctrination that serves to uphold the status quo of a nation that subjugates its own people. Right. And so in that sense, like the silliness of the lyrics, like I don't know that it creates a greater conversation about what the song is uh, like the vocal delivery. I don't know if that adds to the conversation about what the song is about. But just, you know, looking at the words on the page, it's like, again, you have this. This expression of. The way things are is designed. uh essentially to keep you down, right? And then the keeping you down, you become like the people perpetuating the system, right? And then so on and so forth, ad infinitum, you know? And so the desires for like a life, a house, a wife in the midst of all of that, well, yeah, that would probably be what you would want. You know, it's not like you're desiring, and this isn't a slight, but it's like the desire for a house, a wife, a life is essentially the desire for like the white picket fence, right? Which is itself like, I don't want to say it's self a fantasy that has often been used to like ease the souls of people suffering and discontent, you know? So like think yeah. about like the effects of suburbia, you know, or like Stepford wife sort of deal. Right. Um, so that, those are some of the things that this song made me think of. Actually, yeah, it's definitely a very, it very on the nose thing of like society brainwashes us and you know complacency is going to destroy us as he said on one of the tracks there's no uh we cannot be neutral on a moving train i think was one of the quotes and that's yeah. definitely the logic on shimmy or at least the logic that is being used to make sort of a farcical representation of the you know, just ignore the things going on around you. Just focus on, you know, doing as best you can in, in like, the bad way, in the screw everyone else, I'm just going to ignore everything type mentality. Right. I am an island in no need of help. Yep. Such a, such a mindset could be called toxic. That's my segue into toxicity. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um... I actually really like the intro um, to this song. Like, it's got like a very like rocking start to me, and I feel like it smoothly uh, smoothly segues into like the more melodic stuff in the verse. So I I just appreciated the music on this track a lot. How sort of switches between the regular four four and sort of the that sort of three four feel. Mm -hmm. I I have no idea what was going on of this song, so it's all you, baby. <laughs> Well, we'll put that English degree to use. Um, when it comes to toxicity, boy, I, I tell you, we I pay for it or I'm paying for it. So, you know. Um, but no, when it comes to toxicity, the the way I interpreted that song is like, to me, it's talking about the toxicity that's born from like having a toxic control of the world. Like, you know, organization, having, you know, means to facilitate different things to the people, you know, like goods and services. Like, that's cool. That's great. But again, when it's in service of a status quo, there was itself created to uphold like deeply seated systemic issues that are destructive. You know, it becomes mm -hmm. toxic, right? And so the world, to me, yeah. the world described in the song 
is a world controlled by science. And I don't think science, like, the pursuit of, like, an organized understanding of the world, thinks science as it was described in the song Science earlier in the album. Um, so when that song Science, right, I understood it as, like, the belief that the belief in science as the prevailing arbiter of good and wisdom in the world separated us from the core of our humanity, which is faith. And so science has failed, as the lyrics say, because it's being used for all these destructive agendas. And that the divorce between like faith and humanity, right? Or humanity's pursuit of faith uh, as opposed to science um, was ultimately disastrous. Like, so that's what I'm interpreting yeah. from that song, Science. And so then when it comes to toxicity, right, and what's being talked about there, I feel like it's kind of like an extension of what science was talking about. You have this world that is destroying itself, destroying its people in service of things that do not actually promote the good, probably because they are being controlled by people who do not actually prioritize the good. Just send out flashbacks. Yeah, no, that's that's a good read on that one. Yeah, the I can definitely see how those pieces link together on toxicity, and I and I also agree with the science one. That's more of like the sort of using sort of techno humanism and like like scientific discovery with no actual understanding of how to apply it and nothing else and just all all think that we find can and will be used for the best you know sort of the thing that ended up opening the doors for like you know all the ills of you know cryptocurrency and all that kind of things like that kind of thing yeah and again like it's not like we're giving a definitive reading of this is how you should understand this system of a down song no no don't do that to yourself. We're just talking. We're just talking. Yeah. We're just shooting the breeze. Yeah. Shoot. You know, oh, wow. That was going to be... In any case, Chop Suey is the next song. I was going to... Th- th- there's mentions of suicide in, like, shooting the breeze, so my brain tried to segue. That would have been bad. Would not have uh, wanted to commit to saying uh, that. Yeah. You know. So moving forward. Not And again, not making light of uh, suicide. Some of us have been there. Here first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let the record show. <laughs> like, nah. Um, okay, but yeah, Chop Suey. Man, I don't know if I played this on Guitar Hero growing up, but I feel like I did, and that's why, like, because again, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a black woman from the South. We weren't, we weren't listening to System of a Down just in my family in my particular neighborhood, mm-hmm. and yet I knew of them. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You know, she gave Guitar Hero some thanks. But um, I really like it. To me, it starts with like a classic rock vibe, I think because it begins with more acoustic guitar. Um, but it has the promise of intensity. So like it really like, for me, it really drew me in as a listener. Yeah, def- that sort of ramping intensity as the drums start to come in and then it suddenly goes into the chugging. And then, there you go. Like, who doesn't? You wanted to. Like, that just, it, like, gets you going. I see what you're saying with the, yeah, the classic rock feel, because it's, 
definitely with the multi-part and the switching from you know the more intense verses to the more melodic uh, chorus and then the breakdown it honestly and also with all the religious imagery and the very high speed it reminded me a lot of bohemian rhapsody mm. like just in sort of that terms of zaniness okay i can see that in like the frenetic sort of energy yeah and sort of the existential questions right yeah that's the thing about bohemian yeah yeah you don't you don't think you don't like you're not cognizant that it's so existential, but then when you think back on it, you're like, oh, mm, mm, multiple breakdowns, maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I would agree. And yeah, Chop Suey, it's so like visceral, I think, as a song, just because of like sort of what it's proposing. It's like you are committing to to like not engaging with the realities of the situation that you're in. And yet you are aware of them because you're hiding the effects of them. And yet you're not prepared for what you have to do in that reality. Like, why'd you leave the keys on the table? What do you do? We can't really do much without your keys. Can't, can't lock up your house. Can't get, you know, drive your car. You know what I mean? So it's like, so fundamentally you have all this dissonance, right? And why is it like this? Because you want it to, right? So you're like overtly complicit and this thing that you're trying to ignore, that you can't ignore because you have to acknowledge it in order to, like, hide from it. Yeah. What? That's a good read. Uh, another way I had read it, and this is sort of a very weird read, and it's different from the official one that showed up on Wikipedia, which claimed it was about drug addiction. Mm. But my read was that this was about sort of a theory about someone who was reported to have committed suicide, but there was doubts on it. Mm. And the verses are like someone trying to pour over the data and question if it, if this was actually someone committing suicide or if it was like an assassination that just got disguised as sometimes happens. And then with the course of, I don't think you trusted myself righteous suicide. It's, I mean, it's not trusting in suicide. That's the thing. Right. Yeah, I'll be honest. That part, it does, it does throw me for a bit of a loop because I'm not sure what they mean. Yeah. You know, like, what is like self-righteous like... suicide? What is, like, I could draw a meaning, I... but I mm. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's like, you know, embracing self-destruction as like, you know, a form of philosophy and people not, and I guess like the the other system of down songs would be like, no, you need to fight these things. And then the chorus person is like, eh, I'm tired. I've been forsaken. I'm going to go take a nap. And by nap, I mean, well, there's a hotline number for that one. Right, right. Which I feel like now we should just mention. I'm going to just... Yeah, 988. That's the suicide hotline, people. Ain't no shame. They'll talk Your to you life about is judgment. worth it. You know, you know, it's just sometimes it's just, it's just a, yeah. Just see what tomorrow's like. You know, call the number yeah. and then see what tomorrow's like. You know, because it, yeah. it, can, it can always be better than today. Life sucks, but it ain't gonna improve if you're dead. Don't kill yourself. That's my punk rock. You'll miss out on so many discounts. In movies from the stores that you like, don't do it. 
If you have a mental episode, you can make a Zach Fox song <laughs> instead of committing suicide. Is that, does he have a song about not killing yourself? Well, he has a song called Jesus is the One I Got Depression, and one of my friends said that sounded like a song that they would make in the mental institution. Oh, so, I mean, I tried to listen to that. I didn't finish it. No, that's that's fair. I don't. It, it seems like the kind of meme thing that would not be your vibe, especially since it's not super respectful of Jesus. Because I do so love like, the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't you don't have to like every single meme thing that comes across your page. You can be like. I religiously object to this. Yeah, I had hopes, topic. though. Like I did, the title wasn't a deterrent. I had hopes going in, and it just wasn't for me. No. But in any case, yeah. So, like, lingering confusion about, you know, the the chorus of the song aside, you know, I think it just... <laughs> what's, what's very interesting to me, though, is the sort of, like, religious... By which I mean, like, Christian imagery. That's how I perceive it uh, at the end. Calling out for Father... Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when angels deserve to die. And I'm sure, like, angels or the concept of, like, a divine or astral facilitator, you know, you'll see that in a lot of different um, religions. But you go from angels to father, to father into your hands, I commend my spirit. Father, like, why have you forsaken <laughs> me? These are, if not, like, quotes from um, Jesus on the crucifixion, at least, like, very pointed allusions to that, like, I don't know if those particular phrases are common in faiths other than Christianity, you know? And so that, that was interesting for, oh, and an interesting way for this song to end because it's like, so again, I was reading it as, you know, a conversation on the destructive influence of complicity um, in a system that you won't fully acknowledge, right? And then it transitions into this, and then it transitions into the speaker of the song's like reaction to that denial, to that complicity, right? The self-righteous suicide, um, calling out to the father, commending his spirit. So it's like, you know, at the point of death, right? Because Jesus commends his spirit um, to the father when he's about to die. Um, so I don't really have like a takeaway. I just thought that those were interesting elements um, that I wish I yeah. better understood. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm on a similar page, but I think as a larger point, I think that the that particular Christian imagery definitely makes sense as far as the angle of this is sort of a different topic rather than what the song's actually about, but more of like why this was the sort of their big mainstream hit and the one they chose for a single because it like definitely a it's a banger and b it definitely sort of fits in with the early 2000s other new metal hits that were going on like you know you know this you know it's got you know a good sort of evanescence lincoln park style angst which the christian imagery helps enhance and it also makes it more accessible mm. than a lot of the other songs that they had on here and you know it's not as overtly political so it doesn't alienate people so i think it was just a really good choice for like you know this is the one that can bring us into the mainstream because i i don't know if I don't know if this one would have crossed over if they chose, like, I don't know, uh, Bounce as their single. Yeah. I kind of want to live in that world. Yeah, that would have been very, it would very not different. Be... Well, actually, yeah. it's funny you mentioned that, um, just in terms of, like, what it's doing for the album, because I think it comes at about the, like, halfway point of the track mm -hmm. listing, just about. Um, so I think that's also some good sequencing going on there, too. 
Yeah, it's track number six. So it's starting like the second third of the album. Yeah, yeah. Shoot. I think we just have a few more from this album to discuss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh. Mm. As, as far as my end, I think the only ones that I really had coaching thoughts on that we haven't discussed is Deer Dance. So that's that's the only one I got. So if you got ones you want to put out there for the others, go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, I could like give some thoughts I had for each of the other songs. I think so very briefly, mm. and then we can um, touch on Deer Dance together. Um, so again, in Chop Suey, right, we have those, the conversation about uh, complacency and self-destruction and whatnot. And I think that that's sort of like despairing fatalism. Um, we also see, um, in Atwa, which I don't know, ATWA. Um, again, I just, I felt that that song was just talking about how the state of affairs, um, works to sort of destroy you while you're still alive. Um, Yeah, yeah, destroy you while you're still alive. But again, and then like, what is an individual's response to that? Well, then you could get something like what you see in Psycho, where, you know, you're sort of being affected by the pull of debauchery or debauchery. And you have a choice whether to like, acknowledge what's going on and then stop the pleasure you're receiving from those acts, right? Um, which will probably cause some sort of like existential crisis. You've got to come to grips with yourself and where you're at and what you're going to do about it. Or, you know, just ignore what's happening and continue to fall further, right? So again, kind of like a conversation between individual responsibility, um, but also like how the means we use to cope, right, can also like exacerbate the effects of the system that we're in. Which is really why something like Ariel's, I think, is also super interesting. And it also has a, a fair amount, at least, you know, for the album, a fair amount of Christian imagery um, in the second verse, the short one um, in the beginning. I kind of took that one to mean, like, in order to, to navigate all these circumstances described in the album, right, in order to navigate and hopefully, like, overcome write them or to not be overcome by them we have to move outside of our usual bounds and sort of unite with others and so if we're all on this waterfall of life right we're in the water and then we fall and it's in the falling that we fall outside of ourselves and are able to commune more deeply with what is good in this world and with the good in each other you know so giving yourself over to that flow and moving beyond the destruction and the abuse and the desire for oblivion very nice. Yeah. I, I will say, since you mentioned Atwa, a fun fact that I found from looking at the Wikipedia page, according to an MTV interview, guitarist Darren Malky, Malakian said that Atwa was about Charles Manson's beliefs on the environment. Mm. And during that interview, he said that Charles Manson, quote-unquote, had an unfair trial. I, I'd have to do some research, I don't know the but I'm not going to dispute that, you know, he's right where he needs to be. Like, yeah, yeah. I'd like, I, I didn't follow the trial too closely, but I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm not mad at the outcome. Come on. You know, like, we don't need to it's revisit like, and redo that. 
It's like, come on, he wrote some Beach Boys songs. Give him a break. Mm, but did he write the ones that everybody knows? Then we don't care. <laughs> God, imagine the universe where Charles Manson had a writing credit on Girl Vibrations. I, <laughs> the irony, I think, oh, oh, man. Yeah, that's not a timeline I really want to visit. Yeah. I think, I think the meme culture there would be like even more extreme than it is in ours. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I think the only other track to touch on before Deer Dance is just the ending song R2, which I like. Like, I appreciated how, like, solemn it kind of was. Like, I don't know yeah. if that was like a pan flute or whatnot, but just the, like, or what's the term, orchestration. Just the way that uh, the song was put together, I feel like it was appropriate and meditative, right? It sort of gives you space mm -hmm. to continue to digest what's being talked about and i feel like all the tribal sounds and that's just you know like the choral chanting the percussive uh instruments right the the joining of things that was an interesting way to end it as well because it makes me wonder like again there's so many ways that you can interpret um that musical choice but i wonder if it was like mm -hmm. a reminder of the power of communal forces you know was contrasted with the other sounds, which would be more like industrial and in, in turn sort of aligned with the negative effects of uh, industrialization. So again, I don't have an overarching point with that one. I just thought there was, I appreciated how they chose to end the album um, musically. Yeah, sort of uh, coming down from the rest of the album where it's like more peaceful. Yeah. But yeah, and then speaking of music, I like the melody of the chorus for Deer Dance a lot. With the Beyond the Staple Sand, how you can see America with the diaphragm of inching the scrapes. She's for loving youth against the brutality. Yeah. A plastic existence. All of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really nice one. You know, just another one that was a more straightforward society that sometimes protest. Yeah, like, again, it's, it's very much in line with everything that we've heard on the album, right? You've got a state of affairs being controlled by violent, uncaring forces who've created a situation where people are abused and then abused even more when they rise up. But you got to rise up. <laughs> Otherwise, you're complicit, and you'll start doing stuff like what yeah. we saw in Shimmy, Psycho, all of it, you know? Yeah. Again, we cannot afford to be neutral in a moving train. Yep, 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 mm-hmm. But yeah, so overall, I thought Toxicity was like a great album. I can see why, you know, it's a classic in general, but particularly in the genre of like new metal. Because it's just, yeah. 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 yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, as far as new metal, yeah, it definitely sticks out because among the mainstream ones, it was definitely the most like politically and socially relevant. Like, you know, new metal, it's, it's, getting, it's getting some flowers. It probably doesn't deserve a whole lot of flowers, but, you know, <laughs> a, lot, a, lot of the, a lot of the artists at the time, you know, were very much the good ones, at least, were emotional, very emo, you know, very, uh, my life is hard. And they were, there's good in that. And then the other ones were 
Limp Biscuit Thunderheads. Right. So this one that's, you know, much more focused on, you know, looking at the world around you and trying to stand up for righteous anger. That, it was a bit refreshing within the context. And plus with how just off the wall and gonzo they can be with their style. It, it definitely stands out from the growly boys and the painful insane clown style rapping. Yeah. That was prevalent. Yeah. I would I would definitely agree. Speaking of trashy new metal, uh, stay tuned for when we talk about 10,000 Gex.